0: Gracious Father, it's just really good to sing about and think about your goodness. Father, with the world going upside down and many a lot of stuff going on God, one thing remains that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You are always all-powerful, you are always all-knowing, you are all just, but you are always good. What you do is good. And Father, sometimes we forget that you know. Or in the midst of hard, you are good, even in the middle of the difficult times. So, help us trust you more, Father, and love you more. Father, we thank you for all that you've done, and and many here in this congregation still, you know, there's still sad things going on. Many still grieve, losses, of last years, been tough years. So I pray for your mercy and your grace as folks grieve. May they grieve well. Father, I also think today of Ellis Bosveld, who's just helping people. Working on a crisis team down in uh, North Carolina on our behalf. Helping people rebuild their houses from a hurricane that happened a long time ago. People forgot about it, but not your church, Jesus. You're good. And so you help people who don't have any way to pay back. And so I pray for Ellis, God. I pray you'd strengthen his hands. I pray for his upcoming wedding. It'd be great. And that you have many who would uh, love to serve with him. And for many here, God, who will be going to Africa this year and maybe some going off to Turkey, mission trips around the world, God, I pray that they might know your goodness as well. And Father, help us never forget the persecuted church. We think of those dear Christians in Afghanistan who are like stuck there with the Taliban, God. I, I just pray for them. They're, they would do the same thing we're doing here, but here, there, this is illegal. And so, God, I pray that you'd strengthen that church. Father, thank you for your word. Boy, if we didn't have your word, we would just be making stuff up. But because of your goodness, we have your word, and so know something of your mind. So God, open your word to us today, that we might not just be hearers of the word, but also doers. You know, help us do what you want us to do, in result of what we hear. So Father, we love you, and we pray that you'd open your word to us. Teach us, we pray. We ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Good morning. Welcome. It's good to see all of you. We're glad that you're here. Uh, We had a fun visitor in first service. We had a special guest, uh, Jeremy and Amber. Stephen's brought their little girl. She's two and a half weeks old now. Now Her name is is, uh, Marie, and she's a beautiful little girl with more hair than he's got. So it's just a fun thing, you know. It's just good seeing you. Welcome to all of you. We're glad that you've come. Uh, Folks, um, I know you know this. We have been talking about important things, right? So every part of the first time of the year, we talk about it important that we talk about prayer. We have talked about uh, uh, outreach. We've talked about studying the Word of God. But today, I want to talk about something that Jesus still prays for you about. You know that Jesus still does stuff now for us, right? He's right now fully alive. And Jesus is seated at the right hand of the Majesty on High. And as He is there, He serves as our high priest. He prays for you. He advocates for you when you feel condemned or guilty, you bad person. He says, no, Father. Father, he's forgiven. But there's something else that Jesus prayed for this church just before he left. On his way, within days to the cross, he stopped, his, he stopped walking. He looked up to his father and prayed one thing for this church, those who would come to know him. He said, God, I pray that they would be one. So today I want to talk about community what it looks like how we get there why we even want to get there cuz frankly i kind of like being pretty much my own you know my own lone wolf thing but jesus prayed that we wouldn't be a lone wolf that we would not be a bunch of consumers but that somehow this place would would function more like community and and family and so, you know, it's like, whoa, I'm not sure. So anyway, of first importance, Jesus says, this is the first important stuff. So today i like to talk to you a little bit about that, you know? Um, so would you please find in your Bibles Ephesians chapter 4. It's on page 1821 in your blue Bibles, page 1821. And this is the Apostle Paul talking about the same stuff that Jesus talked about. <clears throat> Course, you know, Paul was writing this from jail. I mean, he really was imprisoned, but he says this verse one of Ephesians 4, page 1821, verse 1. As a prisoner for the Lord, then I urge you to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Be completely humble and gentle, be patient. Bearing with one another in love. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. There is one body, one Spirit, just as you were called to one hope when you were called. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all and through all and in all. But to each one of us, grace has been given as Christ apportioned it. So I kind of want to stop there. And so you get this whole thing about oneness. There is one body, one spirit, one, one... Okay. How does that start? So here's what I'm asking you. I'm asking you to connect to other people in a way that forms a community. That's the ask. So I am asking you to fulfill Jesus prayer and Paul's urging to move beyond individual and independent worship to a corporate experience that functions like a body or a family. Yikes, is that all? <laughs> you know, so you just got to get up and tell all your secrets. No, 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 that's not what it means. But somehow, I just read a book on, on 9-11, uh, you know, when, when they blew up the, tor- the towers. and said, What's the cost of 9-11? And they said the cost of 9-11 was that people felt anxious that it might happen again. There might be another plane. What's the cost of COVID? I might get sick if I meet with other people. And the cost of COVID has been isolation, uh, where people kinda of go to their corners, and we're not close, and we don't hang out, and we don't do meals together much anymore, and we don't sneeze on each other, we don't, we just, it's just safer being alone. I got it. But whether you're home or not, there's still ways to connect or not. This is a deal, folks. The church of Jesus Christ has got to connect with one another. And I believe that in a world that's increasingly isolated and depressed and anxious, there is just nothing better for our soul than to walk into a place where you belong. Where people know you and they say, how are you doing? Because I don't know, we kind of care. <laughs> okay, so anyway, that's kind of the goal, right? I mean, some of us grew up in churches, man, where you kind of came in late, you hit the back rows, and you were out. <laughs> you know? Like, you know, I don't know, race car drivers, like you right. Paul says, you know what? It starts with you. It started with him. I love this. He says, I'm a prisoner. Well, of course he was a prisoner. The Romans got him. Nope. He says, I'm a prisoner for the Lord. Which means two things, I think. The Romans thought they got me because I was a rabble rouser. Wherever Paul went, there's like crowds and flights and stuff. And so the Romans, all right, we'll keep the peace. We'll put you in jail. He's like, sorry, Romans. You didn't do this. Jesus did this. For some reason, he's glorified in my imprisonment. So I'm here because he is. But the second thing I think he means is that is that I am a prisoner of Christ. In other, in other words, my will is not my own. I am not on my own. Uh, I don't know if you went in jail or not. Military, jail, same thing. Just kidding, just kidding. But man, somebody else is in charge of what we do and what we say and think, and that someone has got to be Christ it can't be me I'm not big enough or good enough to say I know what I'll do with my life it's gotta be Christ He's, we gotta like Savior what do you want okay so we know that here's what I want oneness okay so it starts to be like okay Father I want to be your servant I, I-, I want to be your prisoner and if you want me because I really can I just don't like doing it if you want me to do stuff, then I will. Huh. Okay, then he goes on. Okay, so I urge you then, in part uh, uh, verse 1, part B, I urge you then to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. Okay, so some of you have been in the medical profession. And, and you know that when you, once you put that white coat on, there's a certain level of professionalism that you have to live up to. Because everyone trusts you when they see that white coat, you know, and you have got to, okay. So Proverbs 3 talks about being worthy. It's a comparison deal where Proverbs 3 says, if you take, you know, those those scales you used to have with the, they would kind of pivot, you know, you put stuff, if you put gold and silver on this scale, it's not worthy. It's not heavy enough to counter wisdom. Wisdom is more worthy than gold. So he says, I want you to live a life up to who I've called you to be. Jesus Christ has called you. You get this, right? He once looked at Levi and said, I'm calling you, Levi. Leave everything you have and follow me. He said to Peter, Peter, leave everything you have and follow me. John, leave everything. So you know that's to you, right? You know that Jesus Christ calls you to himself. And he wants you because he is crazy in love with you. He's not trying to be your boss. He just loves you like crazy and says, I, the was, I gave my son for you. The response to that is a worthy one of the Lord Jesus. If you died for me, then I will serve you. You are worthy. God helped me live a life of being worthy. Got it. How? You know what he wants? I love this. There are four things he wants. First, he says, I want you to be completely humble. That's it. That's what you want. That's easy. I'll be quiet. This word humble here is like, it's kind of like, it's, it, it's it's like a downer, you know. It's like, I'm going to kind of like have be really on the bottom side. Like, really? Where's that idea come from? Philippians 2, where Jesus Emptied himself of everything, And Mark 10:45 says, "The Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve and to offer his life a ransom for many." So here's how we move between individuals who've come to worship in the privacy of your own chair to somehow towards community, it begins with a humbling of yourself in serving one another. (laughs) What does that look like? I don't know for sure. But I do know that it's a humbling thing for you to take the risk of knowing somebody else. What if you walk over from this side to that side? Hi, you're new here. And they say to you like this, yeah, I'm new, good to see you. (laughs) Well, you've made a fool of yourself, right? Yeah. Yeah. You've humbled yourself. I don't know if you'll reject me or not. I don't know if you'll like me or not. But in this church, I intend to serve like Jesus served. And then he says, I want you to be gentle. Oh, come on, man be pambi. What's the picture of gentle? Man be pamby? The word here is meekness, right? Okay, you know this. You know, this. Jesus was meek. What's the picture of meekness in Scripture? It was used of a stallion. Controlled strength. The way then you we move towards oneness here is somehow serving one another humbly and not just saying, well, you know, whatever. Having a control to your strength. He says, being patient. So, let me stop for a second. Some of you are Type A personalities. Humility for you is just not a natural thing, you know. You can get there, but it's really hard. And, and, and gentleness. You know, Type A's, you know who they are. They walk in and say, well, we we'll ought to really fix this around here. You know, Oh, no, that wasn't quite right. Let me tell you what's right about you. <laughs> they walk in and take charge. We need you. We love you type A's. I think Paul was probably a type A. You know, we need to put stuff on your back and you carry us forever. But in that, in that, we are about begging you to be gentle and humble in the way you do stuff. And then he says, be uh, patient with one another. You know, right now, I think there's a culture which wants to Punish injustice. Don't you tell me that I've got to wear a mask and don't make me show papers that I've been vaccinated because I won't be and you're not going to make me. And he says, just take a chill pill, will you? Relax the anger. How about you, as Christ's followers, take the lead in that? How about you make every effort to be patient? And long suffering. Man, man, what if you love somebody who you think's a knucklehead and they just stay a knucklehead? That's what forbearing means. We hang in even though you're not perfect and you're not getting even more perfecter. I'm not leaving. If you don't do what I think you should do, I'm not leaving. If you disagree with me on, on our political views, I'm still not leaving. If you're mad and we disagree about vaccines, I'm still not leaving. I'm going to forbear with you. And I'm going to ask you to forbear with me because I'm so imperfect. So are you. So anyway, the, the first place that community starts is that you. There are ways to be worthy of your calling and ways to be unworthy. And one of the ways to be worthy is to be like Jesus, which means he takes up the towel and he just washes people's feet. So I don't know. I want to make an assumption here. Everyone here wants to have someone know their name and that they matter. You can't know everybody's name. I'm asking you to begin the process of just, I don't know, knowing somebody's name. Okay, So anyway, that it starts with you, right? Uh, okay, Jesus, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to serve you now like your prisoner. If you want me to go there, I'll go there or do this, I'll do that. My time is not mine. My gifts are not mine. My skills are not mine, Jesus. It's all about about you. And in that, I am willing to humble myself. Even though I might feel foolish, if you want me to do stuff, I'll do it. Okay, got it. Verse 3, now it changes. Now it changes from just individual stuff now to one other stuff. Verse 3, it changes. Verse 3, He says, make every effort Make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. So, as, as much as it is in with you, can you make every effort here to kind of like what God wants here is this this, this unity thing going on? And and then look at the number of times they will say one: there is one body, and one spirit, and you are called to one hope, one Lord, one faith. One baptism, one God and Father, all who is over all and through all and in all. Here's my deal Would you view oneness as something as important as what Jesus views it to be? Let me say it a bit better. Jesus views our oneness as a congregation as a big deal. The Apostle Paul is affirming that. Will you? Will you let us know you? Will you let us into your world? This means no. And when I stop talking, you leave. Then what are we? We're a club. The church of Jesus Christ is not a club. It's a body. He says here that there is one body. He's talking about the church. Well, what does that mean? The church is like a body? Yeah, it sure is, man. That is to say we're all intended to be connected because we need one another. And and I need you and you need me. And somehow that means that we are like engaged in some of the same mission and same purpose and stuff. Right, right, right. And, and one spirit. The spirit kind of like makes us one. Um, and what's your hope? I, had, I, I read a, uh, maybe I saw it. I, I, I listened to a tape of a Korean War veteran. Uh, he was up in the middle of North Korea and, and they were with 15,000 other Marines. And they knew that day they were going to die. They'd been out there. They were frozen their feet. And they were like, it was 40 degrees below zero. And they had no chance of getting out. This is a true story. Until something happened. And this is until the clouds parted. And every freezing marine saw one star and they said, God has not forgotten us. And that night, in the middle of the night, they packed up and they marched south, and they found some ship somewhere and got back to safety. The difference between being destroyed and frozen to death and walking out was hope. What's your hope? What's the believer's hope? We believe that someday, We'll be just like Jesus because he died for us. That's a believer's hope. And so since that's true, man, we have a hope right now. He says there's one hope and, there, and there's one spirit and you were called to, to one hope when you were called and, and one Lord and, and one faith and <clears throat> one baptism. What's that mean? Baptism means that you're plunged into the body of Christ in one God and one Father of all who is over all and through all and all. I don't know. My heart I'm transitioning out, right? So last year I got a chance to go to a church that I was I kind of the very church first church I ever really served in was in Chicago. I got a chance to go back to their hundred year anniversary and it was a hoot. Um and of course I got there late and so I I didn't get to sit with my friends and stuff. So The church, I love this, man, in the middle of Black Lives Matter, in the middle of a woke experience in Chicago, in the middle of a whole bunch of racial, boy, tension, you know, this church said, we're going to do interracial church because it matters to Jesus. And so I sat down with a whole table full of people who didn't look like me at all. We talked about elevator shafts, you know, and we talked about church stuff and, There was this, this church is not going to quit. They're on the West 5 Chicago, and they're going to be committed to multicultural ministry, even though it's not natural. They talked at one season, I'm not kidding. We had pipe organs in the back, and we had Meryl Dunlop, who was there, who had a bunch of hymns. Oh, my he didn't write that song, but he, and, 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 he sat down, and a young kid would get up and do rap. I can't do rap. But they were in the same service. You know why? Because they were committed to loving each other. And the music didn't matter. And the style didn't matter. What mattered was there was one faith, one Lord, one hope, one baptism. There was one church. And they were part of one church. I don't know. Cool stuff, hey? Our culture doesn't have it. The closest thing is a bar. And they're friends as long as you're buying. Apart from that, we are our culture's only hope. So anyway, that's just kind of new stuff. Let me go back to the stuff I've always taught every year for the last couple of years. It's back in First Corinthians chapter 12. Um, so, just go back a few pages, if you would. First Corinthians 12. I'll read verses that I've read before a million times. It's on page 1785 in the blue Bibles. <clears throat> okay. Uh, now about spiritual gifts. I'm on First Corinthians chapter 12, verse 1, page 1785. Now about spiritual gifts, brothers. I do not want you to be ignorant. But you know that when you're pagan, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I tell you that no one who's speaking by the Spirit of God can say, Jesus, be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There we go. Verse 4. There are different kinds of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are different kinds of service, but the same or one Lord. There are different kinds of workings, but the same God works all of them in all men. Now to each one... The manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. What does manifestation mean? If I had a big uh, 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 curtain up here, and we pulled back the curtain, what's behind here would become revealed or made manifest. So then the Spirit is made manifest how? Now here's what the Bible says. I didn't say it. He said it. To each one who receives Jesus Christ as personal Savior... He has been given a spiritual gift. And who is that spiritual gift for? Somebody else. It's for the common good. Here are some of the ideas that happened back then. So to each one there's given to the spirit, ah, to one, there's given to the spirit the message of wisdom. That is to say, in the Church of Jesus Christ, some of you just have wisdom. Horse sense, common sense, biblical wisdom, here's what I think we should do. Oftentimes, it's accompanied with grayer hair. The grayer the hair, sometimes the more wise. Um, Not just experience, it's a spiritual spiritual gift. Uh, And then he says uh, to another, the message of knowledge. Some of you just know stuff. I don't know, how do you know it? I don't know. Sometimes it just happens. It's not like we're wonderful. One time, I was in a hospital room, and and the guy said who had just lost his leg in a farming accident. He just lost his leg, and he was there and I said, "Oh, I will never walk again." And I don't know. I don't know why. I'm not a prophet, but God gave me the gift at that moment, and I said prophetically, "No." You will walk again and you will run again. And he does. How did I know that? For that moment, the Spirit gave me the voice of knowledge. And he does. He plays basketball with his kids all his grandkids all the time. That happens. Um, I don't know it's happened a lot or ever since. It just does um, uh, to another uh, uh, faith. By the same Spirit. To their gifts of healing. Yeah. Does God say, He'll heal today? Of course He does. So some of you pray in Jesus' name for people to heal, and they are healed. Some use medicine and they are healed. In other words, the spiritual are really active. Now, <clears throat> where's all this going? Either this is wrong or you who know Jesus have a spiritual gift that you must use for the rest of this church. How are you using your giftedness? And you say, "I don't know." <laughs> so you just spend an hour and a half teaching our kids because you have the gift of teaching. And your Sunday school teachers downstairs. Some of you, I have been to some of your homes. You make me feel like taking my shoes off when I walk on your front door. I don't know what it is. It's called the gift of hospitality. Some of you have heard teachers who, when they teach, you say, Man, I thought I knew that passage. But when they talk, it's like, Bing! <laughs> some of you can teach stuff. I think the one gift I see most around here, and, and you you can tell because you don't even know you have it, is you have gifts of helps, it's called. Helper people, they have this dangerous thing. Will you help? They don't have the capacity to say no. They always say, sure, I'll help. <laughs> I can do one more thing. Sure, I can do that. That's a spiritual gift. And the Bible says that all who have Embrace Jesus Christ as personal Savior, have been given a gift, but it's not for you. It's for the serving of other people. The question is what is your gift and how are you using it here? Because we really need to be community, okay? We can't continue to be individual consumers. Not here, not us, not now. We need you now more than ever. To step forward, not backwards. I've been gone twice. why did I go away the first time? Once I went away. Oh, twice. I was called up. My unit was called up to go play army twice. So I was gone for a full year. And you know what? This church did fine without me because it's not my church, it's Jesus' church. But the way they did fine was they owned it. So you guys These people over here own them Will you It's not hard to be isolated. It's not hard to be alone Sometimes you have to be intentional about community what I what I believe will happen pretty soon is uh, We'll probably be asking more and more of you to take on leadership roles and small group stuff Leaders have talked about some small group opportunities if they come up consider it will you so that's my spiel my spiel today is I know some things that are on the heart of God I know he wants us to love the world I know he wants us to study his word I know for his church he wants us to act like a body. I need you. It's designed that way. Let me take a real quick shot in the dark here. Does anybody know why Pastor Robert is here? What would you guess one of his spiritual guests might be? Does the word administration come to mind? He can tell you details about stuff I never even saw. We work as part of the body of Christ because Robert completes the stuff I'm really rotten at. We really need him. We've needed him in leadership for a long time. And I do other stuff, you know. I don't know. He says we're a body. My question to you is, what's your part, and will you? So I'm about done talking here. Aaron's going to come up now, and they just can worship. But uh, we do have one one request. Um, this is February, so February is our month of prayer, and so what we're trying to do here, and and it's it's not real rigid and stuff, but. We're asking people to stay a few minutes, 10, 15 minutes after just for the time of prayer. And so if you have to leave, of course you have to leave, you know. But some of you are saying right now, I don't pray. I do not pray out loud ever. Don't make me at gunpoint. I won't do it. I got it. Then you pray silently. You stay right where you are. I'm asking you if you would. Would you stay right where you are and just pray? Pray for this church. Pray for churches that we'd function more like bodies than political entities, that we function more like family members than consumers. Please pray for our church that people who need to be loved and connected, everybody will be loved and connected. Um, oh, and, and but others of you will be able to meet in small groups. So, you know, you just would just kind of turn around, you know, or meet with somebody, you walk across the room, hey, hi, you know, you meet with somebody else, just pray. And so we'll pray, you know, out loud in a group or silently. I don't care. But then after 10 or 15 minutes or so, we'll be done. It's Jesus' church. Okay? Let's pray to the Lord of the harvest. The head of the body. That he would make his body full and strong and resilient. And all he prayed it would be. Okay? Let's pray together right now. Savior, thank you for your body. You call it the church. Savior, I'm sorry for being careless and unintentional about connecting. I pray for this dear congregation, God, that we would connect that we would do body, that we would love one another well, that we'd be gentle with one another and patient with one another and we'd share the same mission with one another and we kind of know each other. And, Help us, O oh Christ. Jesus, we love you so much. We, we would be glad to be your prisoner. Where do you want us to go and what do you want us to do? Help us not say no to you. Help us say yes. So, anyway, we're in deep need of you, Savior. Guidance. You know, I don't even know what to do with some of this stuff. How do, we, how do we? We need your guidance. We need your way. Thank you for your word, which tells us we're not guessing. We're not guessing. We know what's on your heart. May it be on our hearts as well. So, bless this dear congregation, I pray, each one. And help us be one, we pray, for your glory for your honor that we might live lives that are worthy of our calling. Oh, we love you, O Christ, and pray these things in Jesus' name.